Father God, we, um, we come to you needy, God, and, and really just asking you uh, to give us a hunger for your word, make us really, really hungry for your word, and make us really, really humble beneath your word. God, I, uh, I just trust that you got something for us this morning. So Holy Spirit, would you tune us in to that reality, and would you uh, tune our hearts um, to you? Will we see you for who you are um, and enjoy you, Jesus, more deeply? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, one thing about me, uh, I like pep rallies. Anyone else like pep rallies here? Maybe, maybe it's been a while since you've been to a, a pep rally. Uh, rewind with me back to fall of 2007, Bellingham High School. I was um, just getting out of, I think, sixth period, and it was 155, and usually school ended at, at 215 or something like that. So we get out a little early, and everyone is filing down to the gym, right, because we have a, a football game that night. So as, you, as you're filing out of class um, and, and heading toward the gym, you start to hear the band playing the fight song. And you, you, you come around the corner and you start seeing the cheerleaders kind of making a funnel toward the gym. And everyone is, is, is going toward the gym, filing in, finding their seat. And there's a vibe, right? There's an energy. There's a buzz in the gym. All the football players have, have their, their jerseys on. And we're really just getting amped up for the game that night. And the, uh, the principal get, gets up there, gets on the mic and gives a speech. And we are just amped up, ready to go. And there's this buzz about the whole school. And when I think of a New Year's Day sermon, I kind of think of something like that, like a rah-rah kind of pep rally sort of thing. And although I love those, um, this morning I think God's got something a little, a little different for us. And instead of kind of a, a rah-rah pep rally, like be a better you, commit to, to getting better in tons of different ways this year, which are all good, honorable, can be really good things, I think God might just have us slow down a little bit this morning. And instead of a, a rah-rah pep rally, more of a, a reorientation or a reminder, or for some of us, maybe an introduction to the heart of God, uh, or a reintroduction for some who um, maybe are wandering or have wandered and coming back a little bit. Um, so really, I just think that this is what God has for us. Instead of a rah-rah pep rally, a reorientation to the God of the Bible. So that is the game plan this morning. Um, by the way, uh, this, uh, kind of like a pep rally, pep rallies are usually short and sweet. This sermon will be a little shorter, hopefully sweeter, but a little shorter uh, than normal because we know we have more kids in here uh, because Redeemer Kids Next Door is, is limited in terms of uh, the ages that are in there. So because of more kids in here, it'll be a little bit shorter um, than normal. So, with that, here's kind of the flow of this morning. Three kind of points. Uh, number one, God's never-ending love. Number two, God's new mercies every morning. And number three, hoping in the God that really, really loves us. Before we dive into the text, I want, I want to give us a, a bit of a background, a bit of an idea with regard to the context as we're going to be plopped down in just a couple verses this morning, but I want to read and highlight a couple verses that are happening just before the verses that we're going to be camped out in so we have an idea of what is going on around these verses. Um, verse 15 in Lamentations chapter 3 says this, he has filled me with bitterness just listen to some of the language that's going on here. Verse 17 says this, my soul is bereft of peace. 
I didn't know what bereft meant, so I looked it up, and it's deprived or lacking. This person is saying, my soul is lacking peace. It doesn't have peace. Later on in verse 17 in the chapter we're going to be in, it says, I have forgotten what happiness is. So the context here is that stuff is bad. (laughs) And yet in the midst of this, we have these pound for pound, very strong, hope-filled verses smack dab in the midst of Lamentations chapter 3. So if you're able and willing, would you stand to your feet for the reading of God's word? Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 23. It says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm going to read that one more time. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Feel free to grab a seat. So we'll take it one at a time. Verse 22, it says, it's talking about steadfast love. The steadfast love of the Lord. It's talking about this unfailing, enduring, covenantal love. It's, really, it's, a, it's a love like no other. Where do I get that? In the text, it says it's the steadfast love, if we keep going, of the Lord. This is a love that is, that is unlike a human love. This is a love that, that if, if I'm honest with myself, maybe if we're honest with ourselves, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around this type of love. Let alone let this type of love, steadfast, enduring, unfailing, covenantal love sink deep down into our hearts. It can be hard for me and probably for us to understand the steadfast love of the Lord. But what I want us to get is that it is unlike the type of love that we have on a human-to-human level. The steadfast love, this unbreakable, covenantal, enduring, never-giving-up kind of love that is of the Lord. A love that you can only get from him. A love that you can only have in him. Abner Chow says this. He says, this covenant faithfulness is not passive or merely an attribute of Yahweh, another word for God, but rather his proactive effort, omnipotent power, and supernatural intervention on behalf of his people. In this type of love, the text says it says it, it never ceases. Do you know what never ceases means? It means never ceases. <laughs> it never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. No supply chain issues. Simply the spectacular love of God that never gives up on you. Never runs out. Next verse talks about his mercies. The mercies of God. And really, this is, this is an unveiling, appealing back of the heart of God and us kind of eavesdropping into it in a sense. His mercies is talking about God's unfailing compassion. His, his tender kindness. It's drawing on comparisons to, to a mother and her child and the tender compassion a mom has toward a child. I want to give you a little bit of a sneak peek into um, our home. 
about 7.30 p.m., my wife and I have two little boys, Emmett and Warren, they're three and a half and one and a half, and about 7.30 p.m., we go upstairs, and, um, and this is kind of what bedtime-ish looks like, a condensed version, at least, or a condensed summary of bedtime. Usually, there are some beanbag races, of which my, 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 my sons are flailing themselves over me onto the beanbags. Usually, there's some spontaneous singing and dancing, and um, my, my son, Emmett, who is our oldest, he's three and a half, he has become a bit of a master in uh, procrastination. Destination. <laughs> He's very good at staying up later than he should and asking good questions and all sorts of different things like that in order to stay up later than he should. But whenever we settle then down into kind of bedtime, um, we'll, we'll oftentimes pull out one of the, the, the kids' books, the kids' Bibles, um, and I wanted to read uh, one definition from this book um, that maybe some of you are familiar with. This is by Sally Lloyd-Jones, and she, uh, she says this to really describe the love of God. She says this, God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Where, wherever you're at this morning, <laughs> less rah-rah, new me, new year, just let this wash over you. Sally Lloyd-Jones's kind of description, trying to get at some sense of the steadfast love of God and his mercies never ending. She says, it's God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. <clears throat> I need that love. <laughs> Anyone else? The love of God, man, that never ceases. Do you, ever, do, you, do you ever wonder, I do, if God's love is just gonna give up on you? I know, my, my love for God, I think, I, although real, it is real. My love for, for God is real. It's also sporadic sometimes, right? Or, or sparse or it feels like, man, it's, 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 it's barely there. Or maybe, maybe in some seasons it's steadily growing, but it's not steadfast. Or it feels like it's not. Do you ever wonder if God's love for you changes when your love for him does? Ask that again. Do you ever wonder if God's love for you changes when your love for him does? Man, to me, that, that, that is real, that is human, that is felt. Does God's love for me change when my love for him changes? Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, often doubts will prevail. Again, human. Often doubts will prevail. What a mercy it is that it is not your hold of Christ that saves you, but his hold of you. What a sweet fact that it is not how you grasp his hand, but his grasp of yours that saves you. <laughs> Guys, in Christ, your head can hit the pillow tonight knowing that God's grasp on you is tighter than your grasp on him, and that is a wonderful thing for people whose love toward God is sometimes sporadic <laughs> or sparse or hanging on kind of like a loose tooth. <clears throat> Let's keep going. 
I used to be a regular at uh, Woods Coffee down at Boulevard when I was leading our, our college ministry, and I, I kind of lived close by there. So I was a regular there. And one time a, a barista asked me, because I was, I was there all the time, probably four or five days a week. She said, um, do you think you're addicted to coffee? I said, no, I just like how it makes me feel. <laughs> Does anyone else here um, go to bed early some nights just so that it feels like that morning cup of coffee comes sooner? <laughs> I love that morning cup of coffee because it, it makes me feel alive. How much more God's mercy that this text has made is, is new, is fresh every single morning. <clears throat> His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I was reading a Harvard Business Review book uh, maybe a week or two ago on the topic of mindfulness. And this, this, this author, she says, mindfulness um, can help you, or, or sorry, uh, being compassionate can increase your mindfulness. And she, she said something along the lines of this. She said, um, imagine this. Imagine if people could see your thoughts. And I just kind of stopped. <laughs> what some of you might be doing right now. Imagine if people could see your thoughts. And then uh, for me, that just, and I have a lot, I have some really good thoughts, some really righteous thoughts, and some that are not at all. And it just punctuates my need for God's mercy. <laughs> you know people who get excited about God's new and fresh mercy every morning? People who know they need God's mercy every morning because we're acquainted and aware of our sin, of our depravity, that we fall short of the glory of God. Those are the type of people, what, what an interesting, maybe New Year's resolution to become more aware of my own sinfulness because when I do that, then I'm gonna be, become more aware of my need for God's mercy and his, his, his pleasure to give that mercy. <clears throat> Ask you this question. What thoughts or feelings do you have before your feet hit the floor in the morning? Some of us, maybe, man, the, the alarm goes off and there's this, <laughs> this, this external groaning or maybe an internal groan. There's like, Ugh. for some of us, it's, 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 man, you wake up, you roll out of bed, or maybe you're still in bed and, and you, you, you grab your phone and what did I miss? What notifications do I have? Does anyone else wake up sometimes just feeling regret? Looking back on yesterday or the last week, the last year, just regret. Do you ever wake up feeling like you're in God's doghouse? Like, like you're kind of, like kind, of, kind of in the back. Picture a doghouse. <laughs> I don't know if they still make those or not. Picture an old doghouse made out of wood. And does it ever feel like when you wake up in the morning, you just have this sense of like, man, I, I'm nestled in the back corner of this dark, damp, dingy doghouse of God. And maybe if I can be good enough, by like dinner, then I can pop my head out of God's doghouse. 
Does anyone feel like that sometimes? Do you ever feel like God just has a low-grade frustration toward you? Like Jesus died for you, sure. But now God's just kind of got to put up with you. He's a little fed up. Annoyed. Maybe you wake up in the morning and your thoughts go straight to, man, what am I doing today? Task list. Maybe your work. Your calendar. What is going on? C.S. Lewis says this. He says, it comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back. In listening to that other voice. Taking that other point of view. Letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And so on. All day. Standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings. Coming in out of the wind. What if we woke up to God's fresh mercy every morning? to what this text says. And the the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He never gives up on you. His, His mercies never come to end. They are new every morning. Christian, if you're here and you are a Christian, this is this is how you can wake up. This is true of you. His mercies are new every morning. Sometimes I think to myself, um, yeah, that sounds good. And maybe if I can uh, get some oomph or get some gusto or get some motivation and then I can do good for a while. But then at some point, uh, God's love for me is kind of like this. On a timer. I mean, yeah, it's there. But it's going to run out. I tried to think of an object that would depict the love of God that never runs out. And guess what? I couldn't think of one. That's the point. God's love is one of a kind, the steadfast love of God, this this never-ending mercy that is fresh and new to those in Christ every morning. In this text, there's no footnotes, guys. There's no fine print. There's, There's no sand timer. There's no, there, there's no like, man, God's mercy is new to you every morning if you kind of feel synced up with them. <laughs> God's mercy is new to you every morning if you, you feel like, man, I've been battling temptation well. God's mercy is new to you every morning if, if, if man, I'm trending in a good direction with God. It's not in the text. Those things are not true. The steadfast love of the Lord Never what? It never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I love this from Charles Spurgeon. He says this. He says, our sinnership 
You know what just happened right there? It just applied to you. It just applied to me. Our sinnership, listen to this hope, our sinnership. But the, 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 the hope really, guys, is gonna be absolutely bankrupt if you don't take ownership of your sinnership. And me too. Our sinnership is that emptiness into which the Lord pours his mercy. Who needs that this morning? Man, our sinnership is that emptiness into which the Lord pours his mercy. So whether for the first time or the 10,000th time, it's not a rah-rah thing. It's not a new you. It's just trusting in the same Jesus. This one who, who God has his steadfast love towards his people. This mercy that never ends, this mercy that is new every single morning. If you trust in Jesus, that's true for you. It's true for you. <clears throat> I'm going to read a couple other Spurgeon quotes. and uh, Just imagine these words washing over you, kind of like, like waves that keep lapping up against the seashore. Spurgeon says this, God's mercy is so great that you may sooner drain the sea of its water or deprive the sun of its light or make space too narrow than diminish the great mercy of God. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Spurgeon also says this, he says, if, if you are to go to Christ, do not, I love this. Do not put on your good doings and feelings or you will get nothing. Go in your sins. That is your livery. Your ruin is your argument for mercy. Your poverty is your plea for heavenly alms. And your need is the motive for heavenly goodness. Spurgeon says this. He says, to think that before the hills were formed, or the channels of the sea were scooped out, God loved me. That from everlasting to everlasting, his mercy is upon his people. Is not that a consolation? These words, guys, are, they're so much more than a pep rally. <laughs> because a pep rally, man, like, we could come up with the, the greatest little Sunday morning thing is not lasting 365 days till next New Year's Day. It's probably not even going to last you to this afternoon. What we need, and I think what God has for us is this simple reminder this morning of the steadfast love of the Lord that never ceases and that his mercy never comes to an end. <clears throat> last night I was putting Emmett to bed, our three-year-old, and uh, like I said earlier, um, he's become a bit of a professional procrastinator. And really, my, my wife and I, I think are in, to some degree proud of him because you got to be pretty witty and smart to figure out like how to procrastinate the way he's doing it. And it's, it's very cute and sometimes frustrating, but mostly cute. Um, and uh, last night, as we're close to bed, he, he can feel it, right? I can see him feeling like, Buddy, the lights are out. I'm about to walk out. It's all going to happen. You're going to go to bed. And he says, Dada, say Jesus loves me. What he's saying, we sing the song to him, Jesus loves me. And what he was saying, he said, Dad, I want you to sing me that song, hopefully because he likes the song, 
and believes it, but also because he was a professional procrastinator. So I go on and, and sing this, and I substitute his name in there. Gee, I'm not, I don't, yeah. <laughs> Jesus loves Emmett this, Emmett knows, for the Bible tells Emmett so. And on. Put your name in. Like, this text <laughs> says that if you are in Christ, that Je- we, you don't need something new. Jesus loves you. This you can know. For the Bible, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, tells you so. Now, guys, 2023 is going to have uncertainties out the yin-yang. <laughs> Question marks like crazy. It might get better, it might get worse, who knows? It might get better for you, it might get better, worse for you, whatever. Here's what we can be certain of. The steadfast love of the Lord. His mercy that is new every morning. Let's go into 2023, reminding ourselves of those realities for those of us here who are in Christ and those of us here who are not in Christ, what could be true of you if you trust him. Let's pray. God, may we have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. God, would you make that true for us? Amen.